Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. I'm like, it's weird. I do this every day at school, but um, it's just different to speak this way, and I haven't done it in a while. So um, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, and um, last year I kind of felt like I gave some direction and um, tried to challenge women. This year I wanted to do something really different. I wanted to encourage moms. Um, And so I wanted to honor my kids Um, today by using what they call me as mom, and that's mama. How many of you would say your kids call you mama? Does anybody else get called mama? How many call their moms mama? Does anybody else call your mom mama? Okay, that's a southern thing. Um, I decided when we moved to West Virginia that I did not want them to call me mama anymore, Um, but that didn't stick. Uh, Lani was determined she was going to be uh, calling me mama for the rest of my life. So I call my mom mama, so why not? So um, why reject it? So I'm not going to talk about the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, I can just tell you this. For many years, I've heard that scripture, and it's, it's a big scripture. I don't know if any of you have read it. If you have not, it puts a lot of things on a mama. And so now they would, I think, call that the, the Pinterest woman instead of the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, I never really felt that connection. And I know that might sound terrible to you, but it just wasn't one of those scriptures like ding, 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 and insert your name right there kind of thing. That wasn't really uh, what it was for me. Um, but today, like I said, we're going to be talking about a little bit about encouraging, encouraging things. But before I do that, of course, I want to tell you a story. Um, So there was this preacher, and he was preaching at his church one day, and all of a sudden this man comes in the back of the building. And uh, an usher sees him, and he decides to help him find a seat, and he says, well, I'm going to let you sit right back here. We've got a, a great open seat in the back. And he leans in really close to the man, and he says, Really, you need to sit back here because this pastor is quite long-winded and can get very boring. And if you needed to, you could rush out at any time and nobody would really notice. And he says back to the usher, do you know who I am? And the usher says, "Mm, no, I don't. And he said, I'm the preacher's mama. And uh, the guy leans down the usher and he says, do you know who I am? And he says, uh, or the mom says back to him no, I don't. He said, good, and he runs out the door. <laughs> I said, Dad, I said, that, I said it wrong. Thank you, child of mine. That's why you were created. And actually, that's a great interlude to what my first point is. Mama, you were created to be you. As a mom... You were created the way that you are to be you. You were made for this. You were made for this. In the Bible, in Isaiah 44, 2, it says, I'm your creator. You were in my care even before 
you were born. Long before, long before we were moms, long before our moms were moms, and their moms were moms, God knew us. He knew and had us in mind for a specific family, too. It wasn't fate. It wasn't by chance or luck. He knew you before you were in the womb, and he knew whose children, what children were going to be yours, whether they're yours by birth or by adoption or by fostering or by yours because you volunteer to help out someone else. He knew who you were going to mother, and you are created for them. He knew what your family makeup would be. He knew what you were made to do. Um, And our families are so very different. There's always a different dynamic. Kids' temperaments are completely different. There's things going on in our life, some of us that are crazy busy. And then other families have a very low-key life, and I could not imagine that. Um, But no two families are created the same. So specifically, he knew before he created you, you were going to go with whatever children he brought into your life. In Psalms 138.8, it says, The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. So if he created you and he has worked out a plan for your life, then he, and he gave you those specific children and made you exactly with the abilities and the gifts that you need to minister to your children. Being a mom is a calling. And some of us can really say it absolutely is a calling, and it is. I believe that in my heart. He gives us those resources and abilities to help us to grow to flourish where we are into what he calls us to. And in that calling, like I said, it's to be a mom. When Chad and I first started in ministry, we were really young. And I remember saying this, and I know this is a really just blunt comment, but y'all know me. Y'all, everybody knows how I am, and I'm just going to say, I told Chad, if we're going to do this, if we're going to be in ministry I'm going to be Teresa. I want to be who I am. And that's a big statement because being in ministry just a short period of time, I didn't feel typical. I didn't feel like the typical pastor's wife. I liked to talk a lot. I wasn't sugary sweet. I could not play the piano. Um, I could sing. I enjoyed being really goofy usually in inappropriate times, and I had strong opinions. But I knew that God had called me just like I was. He didn't want a typical pastor's wife, what I thought in my head. He wanted me. And he wants you the exact same way. He wants you, Mama, like you are. He doesn't want you, Mama, to be like so-and-so's Mama. He doesn't want you, mama, to be more quiet or be this or that. Now, granted, we all grow. We all need growth in our lives. Just like our kids grow and learn, we also need to grow and learn. 
But the basis of who we are is who we are. If he knew us and he created us in our mom's womb to be a certain person, why would he call us into the ministry of our children and then want us and expect us to change like Sally next door? He picked us for those kids. So he created you for that calling and that specific thing. Grow and learn and glean from his word, but continue to be who you are because that's what he's called you to be. Sometimes, life through the years, I thought, maybe I will conform. After years of ministry, maybe this would be easier. Maybe I should be more quiet. Maybe people need to see Chad a little more than they need to see me. And so for some time, I decided, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I need everyone to see Chad, especially when we decided to plant a church. And so I decided, that's it. I'll just be more quiet and more in the background. And those same people that used to say to me, you need to let Chad kind of, you know, be a little more up front, came to me and said, we don't understand why you're not saying anything. And I learned really quickly that I couldn't please everybody. And I was called to be me in the ministry. And those years before, when I told people I want to be me in ministry, that was really God speaking through me, saying, you be you. And God's telling you today, you might want to be somebody else sometimes, and you think, I'm not the greatest. I need more peace. I need more patience. Sure, we all do. But you were called to be you as a mama. We don't all have it together. But we can all strive to be better. To be who God has called us to be. He called me to be the person for those teenagers. When we spent all those years in ministry. That goofy, crazy lady that would do whatever in the world those kids wanted to And he called Chad to stand back and say, Teresa, don't do that. (laughs) But I usually did, and we had a good time, and nobody got hurt typically. But he called us. He called me to be like that for crazy days when things were hard, and I made it fun, and everybody got a big laugh out of it. I've said it, and I'll say it one more time, and I tell Chad, be careful, don't repeat yourself over and over, and then I do that up here. You were meant for motherhood. He created you for whatever reason for your family's needs. We said, I said, we've got to mature and grow. So mama, be you. Be who you were born to be. The second point is this. You were meant to be your kid's mom. Sometimes you might look at yourself and be like, somebody could do a much better job at this than me. I don't connect with my kids at this point. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. But there have been times that I'm like, am I really making that connection with my kids? Yesterday, I felt this way. (laughs) Um, But he really created me for you and me for you. I'm supposed to be your mama. And I love that. And for me, that's enough. Even though there are times 
that things can be crazy. In Hebrews 13, 21, it says, May the God of peace prepare you to do every good thing he wants. And that's the key. What he wants. See, so sometimes we want to do what we want. Sometimes I don't want Logan to go to Southeastern. I really want him to go to Gadsden State. Not because of money, because I want to see him. Sometimes I don't want Lainey to go to Mobile in a car by herself. But God says, let her fly. And I trust him more than I trust the voices that come up in my head and tell me it's dangerous. She's going to be hurt. What have I prayed? As a child, I stood on a stage just like this and dedicated her to him and dedicated him to him. And because of that, I now get to see the fruits. And I will continue to do that no matter what the outcome is. If I am doing every good thing or trying to do every good thing that I can that he wants me to, then they will continue. And that's all I can do. I can't push them into it. I can't even love them into it. How many of you have tried to love your children into it? I definitely have, and it doesn't work. Especially when you're a hugger and they're not. It doesn't work like that. Um, Ephesians six twelve says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So how do we fight when our children are not being loved into the place that we know is right for them? Because I don't know about you, but there's times when you know this is not the right place for you. You're not going in the right direction. And I'm trying to change it, but there is nothing I can do about it but just pray. How do we fight that? I always believe, and I've said this so many times to kids, it is not who you are that is going through this. It's not who they are, Mama. It's what they're going through. So we look at that child sometimes and we see that little girl. We see that little boy and we know what's going on in their lives is not that child that we knew small, is not that little person. They want to be what we want them to be more than we really realize it. And sometimes we have to fight. And maybe you think, Teresa, you don't even understand. You don't know what I'm going through. You have never being in my shoes, and I understand and say this, you're 100% correct. I don't know exactly what all you guys are going through. I don't know what you've been through with most of your kids. I would love to say that I know every situation in this room, and, and maybe I don't, but you know who does? God does. He knows exactly what you're going through, exactly where you are. He sees you. He sees everything that's going on in your life, and you're not alone. Because I know that sometimes you feel like the weight of the world 
is on your shoulders. And you just don't know what to do anymore. Remember this, you are not alone. I was sitting in a service just recently at district council and there are hundreds of pastors and their wives and youth pastors there. And it's a time of refreshing. And it seems to me that every time we go, <clears throat> that God speaks something to me. And I think it's because that we're quiet. There's no busyness. Well, there's a lot of busyness going on, lots of meetings. But like as far as us doing things for a specific purpose, except for going and listening and being a part of meetings. And I was sitting there and I was thinking about the week before. See, it was the Sunday. Sunday before we left was Easter. And I'm just going to be really transparent. Easter is a wonderful time. It is hectic. And that morning, I had a huge breakdown right before church. And I remember standing out, looking out my back window and telling Chad, I just can't, I can't keep doing this. I've got so many deadlines. I'm doing so many things. I love our life. You would not even believe. Most days that's what I say. But this morning, Sunday, the most important day probably of the church, the devil is hitting me really hard. And I say, I feel so alone. I don't know why. Why do I feel this way? I am having a hard time. And Chad, of course, prays for me. And God spoke to me about that that day. He said, at times when you feel alone, when you feel overwhelmed, and you don't know what to do, you have somebody to reach out to. You have Chad. You have your mama. Sorry, I'm doing this. You have your mom. You have people in your life. Think about Jesus. When he was hanging on that cross... He felt the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders. And I thought about that. You know, sometimes people will say, Jesus knows everything that you're going through. And I think, how? I mean, I know he knows it. How could he feel that? I mean, he's, you know, you could just imagine all the things that I think. And I won't say them. I'll spare you. But in that moment, I thought that makes perfect sense. I have never thought about that before. Those times that I feel overwhelmed and like the weight of the world is on my shoulders, he felt that way plus. The weight of the world was on his shoulders. And he cried out and said in Matthew 27, 46, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt alone and he really had no one. See, we have him above all. And in those times when I'm tired and overwhelmed and stressed, yes, Jesus specifically went through feeling that. But he had no one. We have him. And I'm so thankful for that. Reach out to him in those moments. There are times, I think, when we get overwhelmed that it kind of kind of might feel good. We kind of wallow in that just a little bit. I don't know about you, but that we kind of 
going on and on and on and the kids now maybe don't even say this anymore but we're a little extra about it you know going through our houses like what in the world you know that kind of thing call out to him it's like when I get sick and sometimes I do this often I'm like I have a headache I reach for Tylenol and Jesus is like hello like I'm right here I call Miss Mary I used to do it all the time I'm like I need your help please I will be there in five minutes and God is saying, what about me first? Ask me. He's prepared Mary, but he, he's also said, here, I'm here to help you. And we need to call out to him. Corinthians 10, 13 says this in the message version, and it's my favorite. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have faced. How many of you have ever felt like I'm the only one that's ever went through this? Um, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Always. That's huge. As I prepared for today, I was thinking about this, and I know it's God. I won't even take credit for it because God dropped this in my heart at 5 o'clock in the morning, and he said this. Okay, think of moms like coffee. Well, if you know anything about our family, we absolutely love coffee. We absolutely love coffee. We have created a monster in our son, and we know. Um, coffee snob back there. I'll just say it like it is, Logan. Sorry. We'll not drink Folgers or Maxwell House. If you know anything about this church, you know that we don't drink Folgers or even Dunkin' Donuts. It is Onyx coffee. It is, it is wonderful, Logan. Thank you so much for educating us. Um, but think of us moms kind of like, moms think about it kind of like coffee. For most of us, we use just a drip, a general basic drip coffee maker. Let me just take a show of hands. Somebody, how many of you use a basic drip coffee pot? Okay, those coffee drinkers, I know everybody doesn't drink coffee. Most of us use that kind of coffee pot. Um, we buy filters for it. You buy coffee grounds for it. You put the water in and bam, coffee. Hallelujah. That's the way I feel when I wake up. Um, we usually don't even have to read the directions, right? They're kind of, it's like it's in us somewhere. Usually it comes from our moms or our dads. Um, it's just the way it is. Okay, this will work. This okay, this is good. Coffee. And we're excited about it. If, if you're anything like our family, we're really excited about it. Um, and that's about all. We're going to have coffee. And here's the generation now. So if I don't know how to make coffee and I decide I want to make coffee, who am I going to go to? Google. Because Google can tell you anything Believe me, the students that I have taught over the years have told me some of the things they have Googled, and I'm like, well, we're not going to discuss that in class. Um, and so I Googled, how do you make coffee with a drip maker? And here's what it says. Step one, grind coffee. Well, now we know you don't even have to do that, right? Which it is better, I promise, Logan, if you grind the coffee yourself and measure it. Then place the filter in the basket, scoop, one tablespoon of coffee to a paper filter for every six cups. Pour cold water in. Press the button. Begin. 
How much more simple can you get? That is coffee, right? And as moms, that's kind of the way it is. We have our children, we start working. We start doing what we were taught by our moms or the people that raised us or whoever it is. Now, if you like coffee the way that you made it that very first time, you just keep on doing it like that, probably until you die. Um, I use the same scoop every day. I do not wash that scoop and get another one. I'm sorry. Thank you, Michael. We use the same scoop. I have washed my hands before I use the scoop because same scoop every day, and I will probably drink it like that every day. And this is my own personal coffee pot that I did take back from my son when he got back from college because at that point he became the coffee snob. And so we took it back from him and so I will probably use this pot forever but there are other directions on Google about how to make coffee if you look at the bottom of your page and some of you might not know this there are one two three four ten blah 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 okay but if you just type in the drip part how do you make it at the top there's a square most of us don't go past that right you look at that one big square and that's how you make coffee but think about this. Those directions in that first section, they're there. They're going to catch your attention. That's what you're going to use. And remember, it's going to be right because we went to all-knowing Google. He knows everything. He is filled with information. If it's ever been done or thought of before, it's on Google. All of it. Here's the thing. We can do more with that coffee that we have. Sometimes we just don't really think about it. It depends on how much information that we want. It depends on how far we want to go into this coffee process. It depends on if we like the flavor, if it's going to continue to make us happy. Um, but what if something happens and your beloved pot starts to act up, and the coffee does not taste the same. We can either keep doing what we're doing, never changing what we have done, never going back to Google ever again to look for more information, or even asking a wiser coffee person, what can I do to make my coffee better? We just keep doing exactly the same thing, drinking that yucky coffee the same exact way. You see, sometimes there are simple fixes to that. Sometimes it's just adding a little creamer. Uh, but other times we have to dive deeper into Google. We've got to go past that first page into the second page, maybe even the tenth page. Maybe we even need to watch ten YouTube videos to figure out how to make that coffee tastes better. You see, sometimes we just listen to what they say about things. Well, they said it, and this is the way that I'm going to do it. This has always worked, and here, here's the thing that I've always wondered about the they. Who is that? Who is they? Who what they's? Would you point them out to me? And now we don't even say they said it. Now we say who says it? Facebook. Facebook. He says that. Who is that? Facebook. Anyway, it's all these people that just say random things and we just believe it for the word. 
Well, here's the thing. Those people or those people that are they and the Facebook people that know everything, those things are wonderful. And Google really, a lot of us feel like, is like God. I do. I Googled a million things yesterday. He is. In our lives, God is who we go to. We might love our children the way they came out and might train them just like our parents did. But sometimes we got to go a little bit further into it. We, we might have to figure out a different coffee pot, a different way of making that coffee turn out to taste like what we want it to. We might need to stray away from Folgers and get something else. Maybe that's help for them. Maybe something that we cannot do personally. Whatever the situation is, it depends on us. If they are who God created them and they decide to take a different route, sometimes so do we. We might have to go to God and say, I need more help. I'm going to go to that 10th page. And some of you said, I have. I have dug deeper. Sometimes those changes do not come in an instant. Sometimes those changes may take forever. It might take making a thousand cups of coffee until you figure out how you like it. it might, that's why when you go to the coffee place, there are so many different types of coffee makers now, and you keep on trying and trying until you feel like this one works, and it is a hallelujah moment. And I'm telling you, when those children that you have poured your heart out and you've loved and you've prayed for, when they come to the reality and the knowing of what they're going through, it is a hallelujah moment. It is that cup of coffee that you have not been able to get because you have whatever in your life and you drink it and you're like, hallelujah. You know what? That is God to me. He is so like that. He comes in and he will do the most awesome things. And sometimes it takes that effort. And some of you, like I said, are pushing and you, you're putting in everything that you can. Keep praying. Just keep praying. Do everything that you can. And then you got to trust God. And that's the hard part. you're anything like me when I was younger in my prayers sometimes those prayers would be God you got to help me God give me strength and those prayers are good they're good go-to's but maybe those were my prayers because just like you you go to Walmart you go to work you go home you got to make dinner and don't say anything about cleaning the house because I haven't done it yet but I have those prayers, and they're in my back pocket, and I can pull them out and use them at any time. Sometimes our prayers change. Sometimes now, when I pray, my prayers are completely different. They're prayers like, Lord, I call on you, and I ask you to change me, Lord. Change me. Let me see how I need to handle this situation. Let me see it. Because sometimes I can't even see it. Sometimes I drive down the road and I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. But I know you do. 
and you can help me see what I cannot see. So break me. Help me to do what you need me to do. If it takes changing me completely, I want to see your hand, Lord. I want to know your will, Lord. Guide me. Hold me. Lead me. At that point in your life, sometimes you're like, do whatever it takes, and that's what we want. I'm kind of skipping around, and I apologize. Like I said, Chad's better at this than I am. You see, years ago, I have been through hard times, really hard times. There were tough times in my life when things were kind of miserable, and I struggled a lot with sadness and at times depression. There were days that I didn't want to get out of the bed, that I would literally go into my closet and lay on the floor and cry for hours. And I would not always pray those prayers that I do now. And I would lay there and pray that the kids wouldn't hear me. But this is the terrible thing, that Chad would hear me. And that he would come in there and he would say, it's going to be okay. And I would say, thank you so much. And I would feel better and he would make things okay. And then sometimes I would decide after laying on that floor and crying all day long and he wasn't going to come in there. And I'd get really angry and I'd walk in the living room acting like I was mad and he'd be sound asleep. Well, of course he didn't hear me if he was asleep. But in those times that I did that, and I would hope that somebody would hear me, God did. He was just waiting for me to get up. He was just waiting for me to, like people say, pull up those bootstraps. Yes, it was very hard, and I went through a lot, and thank the Lord he touched me and healed me, and I can now talk to other people about those things if they need me to. But I have people to go to. I have my mom that I can just call her, and she can hear me before I'm even talking. And she helps me. Because the Bible says in Titus 2, 3, and 4, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in a way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their children and husbands. Older women are supposed to help teach the younger women. And all those years before that, I'd call my mom and all that kind of stuff, and Chad, I'd look for him to come into the closet and save me. Now I have to understand, I'm the older woman. I'm supposed to mature and grow, just like I said earlier, to help other ladies to understand what you're going through is not forever. Life will be different but only when you decide to fully give everything to him. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but forever. And I decided years ago, after all those days, laying on the floor and crying, that he's my source, he's my strength, Chad is strong, your families are strong, but God is so much stronger. He is exactly what we need. I wanted Chad to be exactly what I needed. And one day on that floor, God spoke to me and said, I am what you need. 
call out to me, cry out to me, he will never be able to do what you're expecting of him. And if you're here and you're like, well, I don't have that husband, call out to God. He is all you need. There's not, I'm not saying that I'll ever cry and that I never feel the world on my shoulders, but I am getting stronger. I have learned that with that, with him being all that I need, just like Isaiah 40, 29 says, he gives the strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast in all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, he is made strong. He wants your weakness. And I don't like to just get up and say, these are some really horrible things about myself. But here's the thing. If sharing things that I have went through is ever going to help anybody else, I would much rather be open and honest with people about who I am. I'm telling you, Mama, today, you got it. He sees you. He knows you. Call on him. Let your prayers be, yes, the Lord, you got to help me, but also... Strengthen me, Lord. Take me where do you need where I need to be. If it's me, help me to see it. Those sometimes are hard prayers. Those are the prayers at times that I don't want to pray. I think I'm right. And God says, Not always. Not always. I have gifted you. You have been doing this for a long time, but I know what you need. So mamas, you're not alone, so go ahead and reach out. And when we do, the most awesome thing about God is he's right there. He's just waiting. He's waiting like a kid that wants to go into the game so bad sitting on the bench, and when the coach turns around and just barely makes eye contact with that kid, they are on that field ready to play like they have wanted to play in all their dreams. And that's the way he is. He's that to me. I say God's really awesome like that a lot. And God is, if we'll allow him to be. He's sitting there waiting. Put me in, coach. That's what he is to me. So you are made for this. Sure, there are bigger, stronger, wiser women than us. They have, you know, wider backs. They can take on more that we need, not bigger in size. Please don't get offended. But it is you that he's looking for. He's not looking for somebody else. So drink your coffee how you like it. Be who you are and love your kids despite their imperfections and their flaws because you have them too. And do the best that you can through God's help. I have been blessed. I know that I have. 
But there's never a time, and I can honestly say this, that I look at my children and think, man, I feel bad for other people. Or, man, you know what I really think a lot of times is, how did I deserve this? I look at my kids and think that, Lord, do you remember me? I was quite the ridiculous person in high school. Do you remember what I was like? And God says, no, because you gave that to me a long time ago, and I've forgotten it. Why don't you do the same? So here's what I want to encourage you with today. Be you. I look out in this crowd, and I see my friends. I see women that I love, that I want to be friends with, people that I want to have conversations with, that help me daily. And I'm going to tell you, you're good mama. You might not feel it. There's something maybe in the back of your head that's saying, do not listen to her. You have messed up too many times. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I claim victory for you. If everybody will just stand, I'm just going to pray. I know that was kind of all over the place, and I always think that and feel it, but I know this. If you'll just bow your heads, there's someone in here that today you're overwhelmed. You had to get up off of that floor just to come here. You were on the floor last night, and you feel like that constantly. And God wants to tell you, you're good enough. He sees you. You were created to be their mom. No matter how hard they pull or fight or tell you that you were not, release that. Release it in the name of Jesus. I just pray that right now, God, those moms that are weary and well-doing, that, Lord, they're trying their best and there just never seems to be a breakthrough, that right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would break those chains, that you would come in, that you would sweep in, and that you would do a miracle in those kids' lives, for one, but in that mom, too, that puts herself on the line every day, to do what she is called to do, and that is mother those children. God, I just ask also, Lord, in that same thought, that God, if there are things that we are doing in our own agenda even, Father, out of fear or worry, that God, I just ask that right now we would release that to you. Lord, maybe our children are keeping us up all night through worry. I just pray right now that you would begin to give them a supernatural peace. That it would just flood their lives like never before. If you're here today, Mom, and you need a touch from the Lord, the Bible says all we have to do is call on His name and He is there. Maybe right now, under your breath, whatever you need to do, just call on him. 
He is like that kid. He is ready and waiting to jump on the scene. Right now, God, in your name, I just ask that you would just be that peace, Father. Be that strength that we need, Father. Help us to get up off the floor, Father. For those of us that aren't digging deep enough, God, strengthen us and give us that desire to be in your word more, to pray more, God. For those that are weary, God, because they have been praying, God, give them just guidance, Father. I just praise you and I thank you for these special moms and these friends of mine that are here, Lord. And I ask that you would take them further than they ever dreamed that they would go. Let them see their kids flourish in you and be good moms to their children and good dads to their children, if that is your plan, O oh Lord. I praise you and I thank you, God, because you are good despite who we are, God. You are always good. And you're precious and holy. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.